Uh, can I take issue with a childhood, beloved childhood classic? Mm. Um, I thought that was for later in the show. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, later in the show, we're, we're talking about video games. Today, we're going to be talking about books. Oh. Uh, right. Okay. Ugh. I guess it, I, I always thought that Chris Prant, Plant bringing like, smart movies to the show was a slippery slope toward books. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I guess if we, ha- I guess if yeah, I'd like to talk about the Venus de Milo. What was that? All right, let's hear it. I'd like to talk about the Venus de Milo. Uh, okay. Good night, Moon has like v- basically nothing to do with the fucking moon. Very little to do with it. Like ninety-seven percent of that thing is stuff that's happening in the room. So it really yeah. should be Good Night Room and various things within that room. That's a good yes. point. I never th- thought about it that way, but it is yes. mostly like, um, is it the person who wrote that book was literally just like, shit, I got to write a book by by 4 p.m. tomorrow. Let's just look around. The- Let's see. I got some porridge. I hope that's There's a not red balloon. True. That's good. That's good. If that's true, this person lives in the most psychotic David Lynch style room imaginable. There's mm-hmm. a red balloon, a telephone, some mush, a bunch of cats, a mouse. Some mice. Yeah, it's this is house. not a healthy environment to raise a child. There's no, the, and who's the who's the old woman? Yeah, it's a fucking hush. rabbit. There's like a g- yes. grown lady rabbit who lives in the room with him. Yeah, is it bad that this I good. didn't read this to my kid? Uh, clearly not. I think you did a good no, job. Yeah. I, I I was I'm busy late. reading. Um, I read the, uh Mosey's favorite book is the Cole Protocol. Uh, but also mm-hmm. he likes Broken Circle. Broken Circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ghost of Onyx. Yeah. Did you read any of these? You you didn't oh, read man. the the entire Halo Chronicles to your children? <laughs> <laughs> the Fall of Reach. I'm sorry. This is my son, John One One Eight. That's right. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the pretense pretense of this introduction has been stretched to its breaking point. Uh, My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the fort. Yeah, yeah, man. This is Griffin McElroy, and it's Fortnite time, baby. Look at my, hold on, let me do my dance. That's the new Fortnite dance I learned from playing Fortnite in 2022. Oh, my name is Christopher Thomas Planton. I know a pretty good game this week. My name is Ross Farshik, and I know the best game of the week. Welcome to The Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. <laughs> it is a game of the year show that goes all year long. I used to say that, and I wanted to say it one more time to remind you what I used to say, but now I say it's a video game club. And just by listening to you, my friend, I remember... Uh, today, for reasons that honestly I I still don't understand, but I am happy about. I'm not displeased. 
we were talking about Fortnite. Chris Plant, the camera smash zooms to you. <laughs> a microphone edges into frame as we hear from off screen. I can't what wait. What is Fortnite? I, I, I played Fortnite for the first time in forever the, these past few days, and I still need Chris Plant to How come you haven't played with it. me, Griffin? Um, because I play it odd. Uh, this is we're let let's let Chris Plant do his business. I was trying to give him a few blessed seconds. <laughs> it's the, it's the metaverse, baby. It's the metaverse. No blockchain required. That that work? All right. No, we need more no, than that. Not even close. <laughs> uh, uh, it, okay, it's it is a, a ripoff of PUBG. Um, oh people yes. just don't think Fucking that it's gonna. Them, dude. People don't Get think em. it's gonna be much of a thing, you know. Like, I mean, how long has it taken for this game to come out? Five or six years, and now you're telling me that like Fortnite's gonna be the the PUBG killer. G- good luck. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, we'll talk more about Fortnite after the break. You go get a phone. You just want a phone. Talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts. And you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month. Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. To set the tone of this episode, can we assume that most of our listeners have not played Fortnite in a I while. Don't know. Definitely in a I while. Don't know. I think that's a fair assumption. They haven't played At in, a while. in a while. I, 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 let me speak to my introduction of how how this episode even came about because I think it's probably my yes. fault. Hundred percent. Definitely. Certainly, but go on. Okay, so I was playing Halo Infinite multiplayer last year. I, I sort of hit a wall a little bit with it. I still enjoy the game, but they there is sort of a limit a limited amount of content in the game. And I was looking for a new multiplayer game, and a friend of mine was like, hey, me and a bunch of guys are playing uh, Fortnite. Are you interested? And I was like, well, I have not played Fortnite in about three years. I played when it first came out, like chapter one, season, like very early, season three. You liked it before it was cool. Before it was cool. I played then. I haven't played in a while. And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? I was immediately struck by like how nice it was to play a game that is like a a social multiplayer game that did not require me to like be leveled up or at their skill level or whatever. Um, So I was able to just jump in and uh, I was pretty blown away by how much fun I was having with it such that I actually um, recommended it to the y'all 
and mm-hmm. said like, hey, we we should give this a shot. And I, and I know I could speak for Justin and Plan uh, Griffin. I don't know how you feel. It seemed like everyone else who has played it after taking a long break or never playing it is pretty immediately taken by it. Yeah, it's wild. I never played it. You never, never played it once? What? Never played it one time. And I and I knew what it was, right? Because I had played, obviously, a lot of PUBG and stuff like that. So, like, I knew. Because <laughs> you're alive. Yeah, right. Well, see, that's the interesting thing, right? You stopped here. I lost track of what this thing was. Like, I knew what it was when it started. But you hear these stories as it goes on where it's like, Ariana Grande is doing a concert in here and sometimes the rocks around and Spider-Man's there. And it's like, I actually didn't know what it was anymore. I kind of assumed that it had gotten a lot less like moved away from like the central battle Royale thing into something more metaversy than it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like, it's kind of what happened with Minecraft. Like if you try to log into Minecraft now, it's really inscrutable <laughs> like you could you could piece it together but like there's a lot going on in in minecraft with it. but like fortnite is still very much built to be a fun video game like at the at and that is still what it is i don't know how people are going to concerts and stuff good on them i don't know where <laughs> there's the a lady Gaga concert coming up probably yeah like i don't know where that happens but it is like so this is like a completely new experience for me playing fortnite I w- and I'm sure a lot of this has been like, uh, you know, sanded and honed to perfection yes. over time. But at every point, Fortnite, which is like very briefest pitch, battle royale, like a bunch of people drop out of a flying bus and then try to kill each other, and they're forced into closer proximity by an oncoming storm. You can work solo or in teams. There's guns all over the map, and you're trying to like get the guns and the cars to try to stay one step ahead and kill the other people, right? That's the base thing. Just like real life. Just like real life. I was shocked by how this game, at every single turn, makes, like, the funnest choice possible, right? Like, when you get into the water, if you jump while you're in the water, you start doing dolphin dives, and you go really fast. It's fun. When you drive a car into the water, do you know what happens? What happens, Justin? You just keep going. <laughs> it's great. Like it doesn't stop. Why would it stop? That'd be that'd be sucky if it stopped. Maybe it just goes on the water. It's fantastic. You want to be. You want to be. And then the IP thing is the other thing. Like I, I thought that it would be pretty cringy. Like the, some of these like different characters, different IP that are just sort of like dragged into Fortnite. But it's actually the opposite. I feel like it is treating these IP with the exact amount of respect they deserve, which is broadly speaking none. <laughs> so it's like Boba Fett with a Spider-Man parachute, like hacky sacking, which is something like you can do whatever. And it's great. It's like, it's completely silly and idiotic. And I really, really, really right now, especially I'm super duper enjoying it. Uh, Fresh, should I give like a very quick history of this? And then you can tell us where the game is now. Because sure. I, I know we have a lot of listeners who don't play every game. Sure, yeah. Okay, so Fortnite when it when it came out, uh, what four years ago? Is that right? Twenty seventeen, I want to say. Sure. Uh, when it came out, it, it originally was a survival 
action horror multiplayer game that had been in development for a very long time and seemed like it was kind of dead in the water. It was not the game that we were playing right now whatsoever. It was called like Fortnite Save the World. And it's st- that yes. still exists. And it still point. exists. Um, and then uh, PUBG, uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds came out. Uh, we all loved it. And uh, Epic, uh, the people who make Fortnite, were like, hey, nothing to lose here. Let's shift our resources and do one of those. And I remember being in the newsroom at Polygon when that happened. And the general reaction being like, oh, okay. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Like, yeah, right. like, you know, like this game has such a, a bad reputation right now. Very hard to see how this will work. And we kind of understood that you could you could build things. So that was going to be the big difference. But there weren't like vehicles like PUBG. It didn't seem as like fleshed out as PUBG. It looked pretty basic. And then we played it and it was like uh, very cool. The one thing that made it me fall off was uh, it kind of was still, I guess, in beta-ish. But people got really good at building. Like really, really good where when you watched on Twitch, it was hard to even see how they were building these massive towers. And it became kind of impossible to play for me as someone who was a little more casual because I just couldn't. I'd get to the end of the Battle Royale round and then uh, I would have no hope of actually winning because I just wasn't a, you know, master builder. Yeah, you're a elite gamer who... Love shooting and getting doing it when it hits their head and you get extra points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. not playing. You, I wasn't interested in playing the fucking this old house with Bob Vila yeah. simulator. Exactly. You know, you're not a, do- you're not a doozer. <laughs> right. Right. You, know, you need to build delicious structures for fraggles. So then we out of touch olds fell off, and then yeah. a trillion things happened. And then I log on and I see like I don't know. It's like, do you want to play in the metaverse? And that's fresh. How about you explain that? Because honestly. The options were a little intimidating. Are you talking about like creative mode, or are you talking about everything? When you yeah, when you turn okay, it so on, where we so are much. now. So that that was more or less a summary of the old stuff. Yeah. Since then, uh, the big changes I would say are they added this creative mode that is sort of like mini Roblox, if you will, where people can make their own modes within the game. So if you want to make a you know a sort of obstacle course a la uh, Double Dare. You can do that within the tools of Fortnite. You can make your own areas. You can make little like scenes for yourself. That's fine. So that's creative mode. And then for the main game, over time, and I'm not entirely sure why this happened, it does seem like the building aspects have been de-emphasized. It's possible that they tuned it such that like, oh, building gets de- buildings get destroyed easier, so it's not as much of an advantage. But you will see way less buildings, so it kind of starts feeling more like a like a traditional battle royale game and over these four years they've consistently added just gobs of content to that system you know it started with vehicles and swimming and and basic stuff like that um just most recently with chapter three which they just launched they added sliding so if you're on any incline in the game and you start sliding you will just keep going forever until you hit a flat piece of land and that alone is kind of a game changer because it makes you feel you can move a lot faster while sliding but it also just makes you feel like you're in an actual environment like in the way that you feel when you're in breath of the wild and you jump on your shield so it feels kind of more involved with that uh, actually for- it's inspired by a, a pc game called tribes uh okay thanks Fine. appreciate it <laughs> and talk about locomotion 
y'all they put spider-man gloves in there. yeah so so just to touch on the metaverse like franchisey stuff so uh they have started bringing in you know x-men and music stars that i've ever heard of as like playable characters and skins and they'll do themes around each season so in this case this season is very spider-man themed so you can unlock a spider-man skin but also you can get these gloves that let you shoot spider webs and just like shooting the spider webs feels amazing it just feels like they've been honing you know justin said sanding down the edges and that's what the last four years have been about, where they're just constantly adding wild shit to the game, and it feels really good. Just this week, like two days ago, as a hot fix, not even as like a hugely promoted event, they added fucking tornadoes to Fortnite, and these yeah. giant like F5 tornadoes like out of Twister show up, and you can run into <laughs> them, and they send you up into the air, and everyone's fucking fly. There's like sharks and shit flying in the air, and that's just in a normal match now. Yeah, it's. I had one yesterday where it's like it, it was in a very small circle and it was close to the end, and there was like four or five people left, and we were all in the fucking tornado, just like looking at each other, like, man, when we land, it's gonna be on, but right now, let's just enjoy That's our time vibe. together. Yeah, in, in this tornado. Yeah, uh, Griffin, I'm curious what your take is again, as someone who took a long break and then came back to it. Yeah, I've I've never been uh, particularly good at like the core gameplay of Fortnite. Uh, the shooting part of the building or both? Uh, honestly, both. The shooting has never felt right to me. I think it's because it is the third third person. Yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, like that kind of messes me up. Um, and so playing it now, I am definitely having more fun. Um, but I find that like when it comes time to get down and dirty and get down to the business of... Uh, eliminating haters so that I can take take home the the W, I don't enjoy it as much. So after a few matches of attempting to like succeed at Fortnite, I eventually just started goofing off. And I, I started to treat it more like a sort of just cause yeah. situation. Uh, and that is a better way to play the game, in my opinion. Uh, because it's, frankly, I also think that Fortnite is like too fast for me like the pace of it in general uh i think i was better at PUBG because it was a lot more you know wait to shoot you know wait for wait for the moment and that is something that i'm more capable of doing than like managing to land headshots on somebody who is sliding down a hill at 900 miles an <laughs> hour um but like i i hear your point about it's refreshing to play a game where you're not just grinding to get some exotic weapon uh, because, you know, I've definitely gotten burned out on Destiny for that very reason. But also, like, I enjoy playing Fortnite without trying to win. Yeah. And that relieves, like, this sort of um, tremendous pressure that PUBG kind of, that I identify PUBG with. Like, that game was a scary game to play at times when you were down to the final 10 and, you know, trying to trying to squeeze out a win. And if I don't treat Fortnite like that, I, I think it's an absolute blast. I also think the additional the additional game modes are are great too. Um, there's a prop hunt variant in there that is uh, that is that is pretty good, and I, I very much like prop hunt as a as a game mode. Uh, but there's so much stuff. I was overwhelmed just looking at the like main menu because I was like, okay, let's see what the options are. I'm gonna guess solo, duos, and group, and it's like, nah, nah, bud there's a, a billion different ways to play the game right now. 
Yeah, I, I, I think the like keeping that in mind that like the stakes are extremely low at all times, even if you're down to the top 10, like you don't like it used to really emphasize winning as a way to like level up and unlock stuff and whatever. Now it's just not at all the priority. Like it's more like, oh, I need to like explore this area or I need to jump off of, a, you know, through a flaming hoop five times or like it just gives you a lot of things to keep you busy that aren't just uh, winning the game, which I think helps a lot. I also want to mention, I like hesitate to mention this because it is sort of part of the way that they onboard people. Oh, no, you're going to ruin it for people just like you ruined it for me. Uh, I think I should don't, say it just for, from an honesty standpoint. It's, I think it's important. It's better. So <sighs> since... Ooh, I'm glad that I know Since now. most people played, they have added bots to Fortnite. Now, the bots are not labeled... Uh, and unless you've played a bunch of Fortnite, you probably won't be able to tell which are bots and which are real players. But they added bots as a way to ease people in such that they feel like they do pretty well early on and sort of get the systems. It almost feels like a tutorial to introduce you to the systems of Fortnite. As you play, as you level up, the bots will slowly move out and you'll see fewer and fewer of them until eventually it's just players. I think it's a really smart way to do it. I actually really like them insofar as even though I, I've played a lot, having a bot there, I almost treat it like a, a mobile chest where, oh, I know they're going to dro drop a bunch of loot, and that's kind of nice. And it keeps me on my toes, but not in the way that like, oh, this guy is sliding right at me and using every extreme skill he has to take me down. Um Unfortunately, now that I'm saying this, I do realize that it does pop the bubble of people like Justin and Plant who thought that they won won their first five games just randomly because they're that good. You don't realize this now. You realize this when you told us. And you yeah, just that's love true. popping bubbles. Yeah, it didn't it did it I I you know, I I won my first game. <laughs> like <laughs> the first time I played Fortnite, I won. And I was like, well, hold on. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I, I started checking for like a tattoo I've had since birth signified me as the <laughs> chosen. It's so sad. Believe it or not, America's best Fortnite player is a 40, a, a portly 41 year old. You um, have a birthmark that looks like a big, dumb goldfish man. What is that? <laughs> it's, I, but uh, I, I appreciated it because it does make it less frustrating. Like when you're trying to figure stuff out and there's a lot to figure out, it can be very annoying to just get like sniped out of nowhere, um, you know, but it, so it's nice to feel like you could actually like make a difference your first game. But Russ, I think I think I'm doing it. OK, Russ, yeah, you, you, I, I, and I think that's the point. I think you div Well, no, let's focus on me no, before you. Make I, it I was going like, to focus on you. I think the point okay, is perfect. you getting your feet wet, understanding the systems, using bots and stuff like that. But as you play more and as you level up, they get, again, get funneled out and you've got the basic skills such that now you do pretty well against normal players. Like I, I am impressed by your skill set. Um, There's even stuff that feels good that I hate in other games. Like for, and I don't know what like weird magic they're using, but like I even like using sniper rifles and, and I don't know why, but it just like, it feels okay. Part of it is like, 
it looks great and you can like see bullet drop. Yeah. <laughs> like you can watch it like see like actually physically see bullet drop. Uh, which is very it's colorful, cool. uh, I which mean- I think makes a big difference. Yeah. Like, obviously, a lot of shooters, like, as much as we're all excited about games like Stalker, I really like color in my games. And yeah. a lot wait, of these wait, games- wait, 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 wait. Are you what? are you excited about Stalker? No, not really. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a royal Wii. Okay, although I okay. realize people are excited. <laughs> Um, I no, I like color in my games, and it's like a clean look. It's why I like the Halos art design as well. It's a very colorful game. Yeah. And very clean, so you can like make out enemies very clearly. Make out with make enemies. out with enemies. They also you added can see every angle of it for your if, fan art. If the bot thing kind of puts you off a little bit, it's worth noting you can play. There's a mode called Arena, and there will be no bots in Arena, but it does use skill based match and matchmaking. So you will play mostly newer players in that. It won't be as easy as bots, but just a heads up. And it's not all bots, right? Yeah. Like, I'm well, not, early I'm on, the, you might have. I I played a match with you, and it was definitely matchmaking off of your level of experience because it was like the third or fourth game you played. Wow. I do not think we saw a single living player in that game. <laughs> uh, it's gotten better. Yeah, since yeah. Then. We but uh, it's, it's, the last uh, game we played was definitely real players. It, and it, fe- I don't know. How it feel. Uh, did I mention the Spider-Man gloves? Because I really, I want to take a second. Spider-Man swinging is like a mechanic that I've, I've talked and written about extensively for many, many years. It is, so, it is w- actually one of the, like the best, funnest like Spider-Man swinging mechanics that has been in a video game. And they're just like there. Like you can go by the Daily Bugle, and like Spider-Man has like webbed up backpacks on the building they're on other buildings but they're like it's it's basically guaranteed at the daily bugle from what i found and you grab these gloves and then you just like and then it's just an item that you have uh and you can swing around and it like it lets you swing for a very long time you traverse huge areas like extremely quickly faster than any vehicle i found um you can just sort of fly through and it makes like getting away from enemies a lot more fun and it it feels like cheating in a way that, like, is, is I don't know, they just kind of threw it in, because, like, I don't know, it's fun. The first time I encountered them, by the way, the person who had them was wearing the Spider-Man skin, and I thought, well, that's fucking horseshit. Yeah, Justin t- brought it up to me. I He's like, that's like, not fair. It's <laughs> not fair. Spider-Man can swing around like that. It's like, okay, wait, wait. This is an item. Anybody can get it. So then I got to have Boba Fett swing around. Well, he swung like with his friend Rick and Morty. <laughs> it's so it is. Stupid. It is the most. It's so dumb. Like I realize Roblox is probably even further down this road, but because of the official franchises that they've sort of integrated into Fortnite, it's the most metaversey thing that I play on a regular basis. They've integrated them and then they've abandoned them. So it's just like it's not like because it's been going on for so long, right? It's not like I had any awareness. Of the, the things that have happened yeah. before. like, And they're not in the world. And there's not storylines about them. It's just you get shot. And then fucking Rick is teabagging <laughs> you. Like, you know, <laughs> John Wick is in the toilet exploding it. Um, it's it's uh, it's also, like, not to discount we talked about building. But um, it also makes getting around the world a lot more fun when you can, like, destroy basically everything like anything that you want to go to um it's fun making the calculus when you're getting shot at like would it be quicker for me to just knock this wall down and hide behind it or should i you know run around the building yeah plant what what is your like is this something that you think you would stick with or is it just like oh i'm glad i played this now that i know 
Well, I don't stick with anything because I don't have time <laughs> to like. I like. I. I, I don't have first, time for a game like wise. this in my life, or else I wouldn't play other things. But I feel like this is. I don't know. Maybe like once every week or so, I could see myself hopping in here and you know just like seeing what's up. I. I, I am curious about it in a way that I wasn't before. And I can see how people feel like they're getting a new game every month, right? Like, it changes so much. I I just think the best decision they made was to stop worrying about esports. Because esports ruin games like this, in my opinion, for for the majority of players. For the esports players, whatever, I'm sure that's not the case. But I look at, like, have you seen the stuff with Halo right now? Where there's kind of like a divide between the esports players who want them to like nerf certain guns and the people who play because video games are fun, who are like, why would you take away the things that we like? Mm. Um, and I I wonder if at the beginning of Fortnite they were like very into the esports thing. And I remember, you know, fresh. I think we went to some of those championships. Yeah. Um, and now it feels like, especially once the pandemic started and everybody. Was just hanging out inside they were like whatever we don't care about balance we're just gonna throw in fun stuff over and over and over and like it's better to keep 90 percent of the fans happy than like the 10 percent who we think are good for marketing yep um it's also good for like it's perfectly timed this little infatuation because there ain't there ain't no game can, can everybody so share their good. favorite character oh like who we main as well, who would you? Uh, well, I mean, I I don't. <laughs> I haven't been playing for a few years, so I can't just. Who do you main as, I Plant? I want to main as Paul. Paul from who? Dune. Oh, oh, oh! I thought you meant Paul from there? that movie, Paul. No, why well, is like that? Paul is like a, a main character in anything, and Paul from Dune seems he seems very chill. He's he is in. There. I'm frustrated by the ones that I missed. I'm yeah. looking back at like the John Wick skin and things like that that I really wish I had. Well, the John Wick skin might come back. Is Marshmallow a playable character in this? He is, yes. Marshmallow? Yes, you can play as Marshmallow. I would probably be him, so my son would like me more. Yeah, reasonable. (laughs) Um, I like Bush Ranger. He's a bush, and he runs around. And you could hide in a bush, which does seem like cheating, but it works. Russ has this this thing where he gets mad at me for making noise, and then he will wear a fucking, like... Li- uh, a, a living Dia de los Muertos like display, like uh, with like fireworks shooting off of it. And he's like, "Shh, be quiet. We're sneaking up on them." <laughs> Meanwhile, he looks like like fucking Tina Turner <laughs> cosplaying as Rick and Morty. Yeah, I, I do have a, a desire to pick the most ridiculous skin possible because when I do win, which doesn't happen frequently, but when I do, I want the other person to feel really bad about themselves. The aesthetics of, I should also mention, I should be, to be fair, the aesthetics of all the characters that are not licensed characters are... (laughs) Oh, not true. <laughs> I don't like a lot of the aesthetics. They're, you're, it's not true that they're not repellent all of, to me. Oh, to you, fine. I, I don't think all of them are repellent. I think you just have, you've, I would say 90% of them are repellent to me, but I think you, there might be a few you like. See, I was, I was onboarded to I, that. I'm level 100. I own all the skins available in this chapter. I don't like Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I'm, uh, Russ, oh, the original. You Sorry. listen <laughs> to me. I, you, okay, so you did hear. You I just did. decided to ignore. I love Spider-Man! <laughs> How dare you? I love Spider-Man. 
And I love it that he can have a big stupid metal umbrella and swing a hammer made of bubble I, gum. I will agree it's that so the bubblegum man is maybe the worst thing I've ever laid my eyes on. The one with the bubblegum machine? It scares me. I like that. But that's anyway. the thing about Fortnite is that it really does, because there's so many fucking skins, there's always going to be something. So for me, I pick the big, cute, furry guys. That's like my preference for Fortnite skins. And Bear, in general, bears. bears. Just yeah, bears. I love the bears. For 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 Griffin, he loves Gumball Guy. For Justin, uh, I don't know, whatever, John Wick. I only play as licensed characters. Yeah. I always play as Boba yeah. Fett or Spider-Man. Because if I could be Boba Fett or Spider-Man, I'm not going to be like some Gen X samurai or whatever. <laughs> Come on. I'm going to be Spider-Man or and Boba Fett. And that's the thing about this game existing for four years and constantly adding new shit is that there is something for everyone. And it's weird because it is that and that they all exist in the same universe. Mm -hmm. So I'll be able to be the rock soon. And once I can be the rock, I don't know how I go back from that. Only not the rock, right? Like an in fiction character played by the rock. Yes. True. Yes. Yeah. But that's even that's even you understand that's even why he doesn't have his like driver's license and social security (laughs) card and say like, yes, it's me, Dwayne Johnson. This is a game changer. Fresh and I have a bet that Tom Cruise will be in Fortnite, but Tom Cruise won't be in Fortnite. A character that was played by Ethan Hunt. Wayne's basement will be in Fortnite, but that's not Wayne's basement. Isn't that weird? (laughs) All right, let's not game. talk about Fortnite anymore. Yeah, it's a weird ass game. I, I can't stop talking about Fortnite. It's all I think about. I I should no. I, I wish I was playing Fortnite right now. Let's take a quick break and uh, we'll delve deep into the pools of memory. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rockandmoney.com slash besties this episode of the besties is sponsored by aura frames all right so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy i'm sure immediately names jump to your mind those are the sorts of people that you would say oh maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. 
It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, we got an idea from uh, one of our listeners on Twitter, who I don't know their name, they're Twitter is GL. So hello. They, I, I can tell that they're a Steelers fan based off their icon. Congratulations to them. They made the playoffs this weekend because the Raiders decided to kick an unnecessary field goal. It was wonderful. Uh, anyway, their request was that we share some uh, gems from our childhood uh, video game time. Frushnik actually modified this slightly to to say, let's make these hidden gems, you know? We don't want to be out here just saying, you know, like, go play that Mario 3, because people here know that, you know, our listeners are smart. They don't need that help. So, childhood deep cuts. Frush, uh, do you have one? I, I do. Frush, I have what one. What I see here is not a deep cut. No, it is. It is. Trust me, it you, is. You and I can't actually. I'm offended. You and Justin both brought games with the biggest character in video game history. No, no. In them, and you're going to tell me mine that these is are a deep cut. cut. Mine okay, is a deep okay, cut. Okay, Justin's okay. maybe not, but mine definitely is. Okay. Mine is a deep cut because I have no idea what this game is called, and I need help from our listeners to <laughs> sleuth this out. I have done research on this. I cannot find this game for the life of me. Okay, story time. When I was a kid, my neighbor, uh, who w- had like named Jason, who had all the like dope shit, the Turbo Graphics fucking Nomad, the like uh, whatever, uh, ne- all the modern stuff that I didn't have. So I would go over there and I play games on his system. One of the games that I played while I was there, in my memory, was a Mario game, and it starred. Baby Mario. I want to say this was like SNES era or late NES era. It starred Baby Mario. It was a platforming game. And for the bulk of the platforming, you would crawl as Baby Mario around these like levels, these 2D like traditional Mario style levels. You'd crawl as Baby Mario. But instead, when you got a star you would run around like that was suddenly the moment where baby Mario learned to walk and you could actually walk like a normal Mario game and you play through levels like that. I have very strong memories of this, but every time I've done research to try to find this game, I have not found it. I don't know if it was a hacked like knockoff Mario game. I don't know if it was official baby Mario game, like the first appearance of baby Mario before Yoshi's Island. I do not know and if anyone has any insight into this, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. 
all uh, the only thing I'll add to that is there was a level where you played on the ceiling where the baby would crawl on the ceiling like train spotting. So if that mm -hmm. helps at all, just uh, use that as research. I I'm probably wrong, but my 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 best guess is Little Nemo in Slumberland. I don't think it was that because I I have very clear memories no. of what that game is. I loved it. You ride on a mouse. You were in like jammies. It was great. I, mm. I it wasn't that. Mm. Okay. So, okay. Well, that's a very, deep cut very that's utterly useless to our listeners. Did you ever have like a very bad fever as a child, Russ? <laughs> did you ever get like, did you ever get bit by a tick or something and get a really bad fever? There was a time where I was locked in the room for like three or four weeks. So it's possible that's what was going on, but. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That might be what we're dealing with here. J Justin. <laughs> Justin. <laughs> yeah. You also brought a Mario game. No, what I did didn't. you bring? I brought the Mario Paint Nintendo Player's Guide. <laughs> I'm going to text you guys. I'm going to slack you guys a link, actually. And please peruse this while I am talking about it's it. Because <laughs> just looking at it again fucking really sent me. Um, oh, my God. I remember this. This was in our yes, this was in our, our, our bathroom reading basket for a long time. Yeah. How, do you, need, so if you, don't how know, do you need a guide to make art, though? No, but, like, look through... Well, uh, if only you had the PDF directly in I front do. of you. Okay, good. Then <laughs> just look at it for a second. <laughs> it's if you don't know Mario Paint, which is possible, we have uh, many young folks in the audience. It was a SNES title where it came with a mouse, right? And so you would it had different functions of where you could create your own pixel art. You could score your own music that would use like in-game sounds like mm. it, it was a uh basically a synthesizer where the different sounds were represented by like mario style icons and there was also like some limited animation that you could create um it was a very very like forward thinking and i think sort of like before its time sort of tool that is uh that i think was very 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 cool and it was one that you could play for like a uh, a very long time, and to me, the the main thing that I remember from the Nintendo Player's Guide, they would have like um, what different pixel art that you could painstakingly create by and show you like it shows you the grid, shows you the exact colors for each dot of the grid, where you could like piece by piece just like recreate these sprites that you'd seen. There was also like a lot of sheet music in there. Um, where to show you how to do like theme from Star Wars or whatever, you know, like, like popular music. There's a Bart, how <laughs> you can create pixel art Bart, uh, just like he looks on the NES. Um, and it would just be like, it, it, to me, it was, it is, I was thinking about it and it was, it is the number one memory I have from like childhood gaming because I'll never have the time again to sit in front of, my Nintendo and painstakingly like transpose little brown jug yeah. in, into <laughs> a you know I'll never be I'll never sit there for a half hour making the Atlanta Falcons logo out of seven different sprites. <laughs> um, that 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 has come and gone that time in my life where that would be. But I have re I remember it being so soothing 
systematically creating things. And then Nintendo Player's Guide, it, it's great for kids that don't have like a real artistic bit because it, it just dials into that part of you. It's like, it's okay, just recreate this exactly, methodically. It, this guide um, is, wa- I want to do an entire episode just wild. on this guide because there's a page on just the history of music from 1960 yeah. to 1990. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at that exact page right now. But you don't like most kids are, it doesn't Jones and for the Velvet Underground and Nico. That you don't think that there's was a like, box here that just says music history 1960 to 1990, 1967 Velvet Underground and Nico, 1984 Bruce Springsteen, 1988 John Lennon, 1991 Guns and Roses. That's pretty comprehensive right there. 1988 John Lennon. I don't what? think that was the peak of that. He gentleman. died. He died a month after I was born. It's certainly not correct. I think that's the r- release of the Imagine album. Not like... Yeah. Kind of, that'd be like putting like 1996 or whatever, the Beatles anthology. <laughs> right. But they have pages and pages of like full like helmets. Like 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 here, you can create a, a um, Cincinnati Bengals helmet. You yeah. just need nine I different I can't believe stamps. the copyright stuff here. There's an entire page dedicated to recreating Disney characters. Yeah. Yeah. That's this is fantastic. Yeah, it's wild. If you search for it, it's you'll find a PDF of it immediately. I'm gonna look on eBay to see if I can. We'll find drop it on it. Twitter yeah. so people can can check it out. Yeah, there's a there's there's also like a Mario Paint gallery that doesn't show you how to make it, and it's just like check out, check out. Oh god, there's one called Stevie's Wonders that's just like Jaws and ET and Indiana Jones in one in one piece of art. Finally, that's fantastic. Uh, we're just, I can't remember if this was in our childhood or not, but I remember buying a secondhand copy of Mario Paint long after we had, you know, the zeitgeist had died down that somebody had carved into the, the gray plastic of the cartridge, watch my video. And then, we're, do you remember this or was this? Uh, yeah, and then it, you, then you, uh, if you didn't watch it, you died. No, it was, that exactly. this is a real, this is a real <laughs> thing that happened. I bought it secondhand, I think at some used game shop without realizing somebody had defaced it. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I clicked in to watch my video and it was like a three frame animation using a coloring book page of Yoshi, like Mario on Yoshi's <laughs> back. So they didn't even draw it. What what they did add was a three frame animation of brown spray coming out of Yoshi's butt. And it's like, damn, I'm so, I can't even imagine. What if I had deleted this without even seeing it? Thanks for the heads up by defacing the cartridge. That's oh. my kind of humor. It's really good. Um, there's also like a lot of like hidden stuff in Mar. I just, I just really. Do we have any other paint. deep cuts? I mean, the the successor to that was Game Boy Camera, which I could bring, but I don't think that's a deep cut at all. Uh, because Game Boy Camera had the same sort of playfulness and like extreme weirdness about it, uh, and I played that game a lot, mostly because I traded in like fifteen. Super Nintendo games that I am kicking myself for <laughs> uh, <laughs> divesting. Um, so, yeah, I played uh, quite a bit of Game Boy Camera. I wanted to bring Illusion of Gaia. That was a game I played maybe like five or six times all the way through, like before middle school. Uh, did you guys ever play that one? No. I don't. Okay, so oh, Illusion of Gaia was box. from, uh, it was one of the Quintet games. And Quintet is one of the more fascinating developers from that era, uh, published by Enix. Uh, Quintet made Act Razor, then they made Soul Blazer, mm. then they made Act Razor 2, and in the same year they released Illusion of Gaia. They also did Robotrek and Terranigma, which are both also like 
I think could qualify for this list. Uh, but Illusion of Gaia was like a top-down action RPG, I guess, sort of in the vein of Zelda, uh, where you played a boy named Will who had like telekinetic powers, but it was all about the uh, wonders of the world. It like art, uh, like fantasy RPGized like ruins of like actual Earth civilizations and you know the Great Wall of China and the Great Pyramid. They were all like playable levels. And you like were able to commune with like the voice of the planet who lets you transform into like different types of heroes. This looks oh, good. Oh wow, yeah. You remember, I remember this? this? Uh and like it was a wild fucking game. Like you start out in this village and you and your friends like go on this this journey around the world. Uh and some wild shit happens. Like one of the kids gets eaten by the whale by a whale mm-hmm. and then like fuses with them and talks to you about like how death isn't all that bad. Whoa. And it's like, what the fuck, illusion of Gaia? Uh it like it it tells this extremely like mature story. It has some really, really great puzzles uh and great music. And it's it's it is just it is a wild, like unforgettable game for me. It is the one that I always recommend to people to like seek out if they think that they have played all of the you know classics from the snes era because this is this one is uh this one definitely stands out in my memory plant what about you i brought remember when ea made like really weird games instead of just making like the same four games over and over again i brought that era basically in two games in particular uh did y'all play general chaos or haunting on sega genesis I didn't play much on Sega Genesis. I was a uh, yeah. I forgot you, you both know. had nice childhoods. I was stuck with Sonic. <laughs> um, so General Chaos, I can make quick, but it was this like tactical war game where it was isometric and you could play it multiplayer, and you would just have your team of like I think it was like four or five characters, or you could have like two super characters, and you would just like shoot and throw grenades back and forth at each other. Um, it was one of the first multiplayer games that really devoured my neighborhood's time. Like, it was one of the times where, uh, you know, pre-Nintendo 64, where I was like, oh, wow, we could just lose weekends um, doing this, which I hadn't really had before. Um, and then Haunting is a wild, wild game. Basically, the way it worked was you would go into a house, and there would be a family in the house, and you played this, like, puckish ghost who could um i i i I looked it up you 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 collect fritems and fritems uh are are different items around the house that either you can set as traps or you can actually inhabit to scare um the people in the house so it's like goofy poltergeist the video game um and it's dope wild yeah the animation on it is super cool it's almost one of those games now that is better to go back and just watch on youtube um because playing either of these games is a little tricky but yeah i just i really liked this era where ea was it felt like they were just like i don't know a game where you get to be a ghost seems cool and they did this for like 20 years like they partnered with like i think timothy leary to make a game about psychedelic therapy in the early 90s like they had this like streak for for quite a while 
And then they hit on Madden, and it seems like uh, the rest is history, baby. The jocks took over. Jocks. Well, I think we've proved our street cred at this point that we're cool. Yeah, we're yeah, cool. We'll know we're the real deep shit. Uh, anything from Rears that they've suggested the you know memories that they uh have? yeah let me pull that up I you, you know I didn't put it in our sheet but I just want to shout out all the people who recommended uh Beetle Adventure Racing and mm. uh, oh, sure. Mystical Ninja yes. uh, Guemon uh, yeah. for Nintendo sixty four yeah, I didn't know if that was a deep cut either but I I adored that game. those games rule they are fantastic um some deep cuts that we have here uh from uh Brenna on uh Twitter. I played Space Station Silicon Valley nonstop. You play as a microchip yes. and have to jump in and out of numerous mechanical animals, each with their own set of unique abilities. It's ridiculous insanity and so fun. Uh, yeah, that game rules. And a game that we will be talking about next week, I think borrows a lot from this game. Like a lot, a lot from this game. Uh, so kind of weird coincidence. What game is that? Yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, Nobody Saves the World. Um whether or not we've actually played it or just talking about a trailer, who knows? <laughs> the next one from Rye, Lost Kingdoms, a From Software game. Did either of you play this? No. I believe it, it was on GameCube. The, like, the history of From Software before <laughs> Demon's Souls is a very interesting one. And I like, that's one of those things where I, I, I wish I had all the time in the world and I could go back and play some of those games. And then one more uh, uh, from CW, the NES port of Rygar, a completely broken translation made an already mysterious world seem even more alien and intriguing to me. It's the epitome of Conan-style sword and sorcery gaming with RPG elements. I played it recently on Switch's NES library, and it holds way up. Uh, love anything like this that is on the Switch NES library that I have not made time for. I can go give a try. I always think that's great. It's an inscrutable game. Yeah, sweet, sweet <laughs> right, Mark. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's a, it's a fucking wild one. Hey, remember when Capcom just made like Disney games, and they were yeah, great? man, and they were fantastic. Oh, that that I should have brought that. That is that a deep cut to say Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers no. on NES? No, not, not a deep at all. cut. Okay, oh, no, not at our age. Anything you remember <laughs> is is not is a deep cut. Uh, oh, should man. we do honorable mentions? Real yeah, quick? let's do it. Uh, I want to call um, out a TV show called How To with John Wilson. The best. It's on HBO Max or HBO if you prefer the old version. Um, it is a first-person documentary set in New York, and each episode is like a how-to, like how to buy real estate or how to make friends, but ends up being like a hilarious and creative and surprisingly moving an analysis on like the human psyche. Um, I think it's also the best TV show or movie ever made about New York. It is an mm. incredibly Dang. authentic portrayal of New York because he's walking around getting footage. It's so good. Um, I have been playing there. I have this weird oversight in my uh, like Zelda experience uh, that is that I never really played much of oracle of ages and oracle of seasons for the game boy color these were um i forget exactly when they came out i feel like it was pretty late in the game boy color life lifetime yeah i think that's right um but they were paired zelda games that 
uh, were completely different, right? It wasn't like a Pokemon green or Pokemon blue, Pokemon red situation. Like the, the games were totally different with different dungeons and different uh, items and, and all that jazz. And in one of them, the main mechanic is that you can switch the world between four seasons at will, and each season kind of like changes the environment. Um, so like in winter, you can freeze water so that you can walk on it. And in summer, vines grow. Uh, and then in Oracle of Ages, you can switch between the present and the past and like solve puzzles using that mechanic also. Uh, and uh, like I've been desperate to, you know, find more stuff to play on the analog pocket. And so I've been playing Oracle of Seasons. I'm about halfway through it. It's fucking fantastic. It's really, really, really good. It's some of the best like like 2D dungeon design I feel like I've ever seen in a Zelda game before. And made uh, by Capcom. And made by Capcom, yeah. It was a wild, uh, there's like a wild sort of uh, Gashapon mechanic where you collect rings that like give you these permanent bonuses while you're wearing them. Like there's a lot of stuff that that game does that no other Zelda game really did. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it. Of course, it helps that like Game Boy Color games look so fucking good on the pocket, like better yeah. even than um, Game Boy Advance games just because the aspect ratio is kind of correct for the pocket screen. So yeah, I've been, it, you know, I haven't had a lot of time to game out, but uh, when I, when I, as we say, as one as says, one says um, but when I have been gaming out, I've been doing, I've been doing that and it's great. Y'all, I've been watching that Neon Genesis Evangelion. Is this your first time? So, have you had, I, I'm curious if y'all have had this experience as, you know, 90s kids. Um, when you go back and watch anime that you watched as a kid that you like kind of pieced together from like Friends VHS tapes because it cost a yeah. fortune or was illegal. I thought I had seen all of this show. I definitely had not seen all of this show like at all. Um, so it is a trip going back and watching something that I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw this and that just not being the case. Um, and watching it like in high def and it just, you know, streaming whenever I want it. Um, the kids have it easy these days with, with their Funimations and their crunchy rolls, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but wow, this, this show is sad, you know? How far into it are you? Uh, about eight episodes. It's pretty sad. Okay. You know, uh, so far, Shinji, pretty sad. He seems he seems really unhappy, and I have a feeling it's not going to get better for him. That's just a guess from me. Oh, no, man. It, it all comes together. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's encouraging. Yeah, that's it's got big rom-com energy. Uh, yeah, my, I mean, my, my decision right now yeah, is... I think you I'm gonna, and I are maybe the only people... Yeah, I don't want to talk about it <laughs> I'm going to watch all of it, and then I'm going to watch the movie. So I'll be talking about this every week, Justin. Don't worry. That's perfect. That's perfect. That's good B-room time for me. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I need a bee broom break when we get to this point of the episode. Um, I real quick wanted to talk about uh, uh, Keys and Kingdoms, which is a game that I got for uh, Charlie for Christmas. And I just randomly kind of saw it at uh, uh, Best Buy when I was like looking for for stuff for the holiday. But it turned out to be really, really neat. It's a so in the box, there is a. Um, USB keyboard and a lightning adapter. Uh, so you could plug it into a computer or a, um, like a phone or an iPad or whatever. And there is a game that you download that is a like open world RPG sort of. 
Um, but the like spells, the way you cast spells, the way you defend, even the way you move around the world, um, are all conducted through playing on the keyboard. So it's all controlled via the the keyboard. So if you want to, you know, uh, defend against an attack, then you and it, well, to do an attack, you have to play like a sequence of notes in rhythm, right? Um, which is what's really cool about it is one, like you're you're learning stuff and getting more comfortable with like the mechanics of using a keyboard. Sorry, um, sorry, and you're doing sorry. A, Typing keyboard like or a musical keyboard? keyboard? Oh. Yeah, like a musical keyboard. Sorry, okay, okay, yeah, okay. I should have clarified. So you're playing songs basically to do the spells. Um, but they've thought it through this mechanic in a lot of really cool ways. So like if an enemy is attacking you, to represent that, you don't know all the notes that are being played and you kind of have to kind of intuit them tonally, right? Like you hear the note and you have to think like, okay, that's probably like one step up. Um, when you craft an item, you can – play a you basically compose a song that you then have to play through um and that's how you like craft items is is through the the keyboard and making music like that and it, it's got a lot of like mechanics that you would uh expect in something like this like there's different levels of items and those items do you, you know have different effects and armor and customer uh, customization like the game itself divorced from the keyboard mechanics would not be anything worth worth noting but um like when Charlie plays, like she's actually like motivated to play more and get better at it. And it's been um, a very cool way to, to spend some time. It also weirdly sends me a um, report card oh. via email that tells me like how her practice is coming and like how she's improving and, and getting better at it. But um, it's really cool. It was like 80 bucks, I think. Um, and I you can find a lot of them on eBay for like 40 or 35 or 40 so it's, is it's the cool. evil emperor that you're trying to topple played by Billy Joel? Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Yeah, it's Billy Joel. Have you, so you've played it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but he, they call they call him Jilly Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, to make him more sinister, I guess? I don't, I don't actually yeah. get it. I'm the piano man, Drake. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> I like that. I want... <laughs> I want to thank the following people for writing reviews for the uh, besties on Apple Podcasts. We have Gary Oaks Balls, which I assume is Pokeballs, uh, Whack Island, Dane Stevens, Mikers90, Lauren W. Dickey. Thank you for writing reviews on Apple. God, the greatest usernames on our on our people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Just they're great. Fantastic. Love them. Uh, and uh, thanks to everyone else who has written reviews on there. Uh, I see them all. So we really, really appreciate it. Here is what we talked about this week. We talked about Fortnite in the year of our Lord 2022. Uh, uh, we talked about some of our hidden gems of our childhood. Griffin brought uh, Illusion of Gaia. I brought General Chaos and Haunting. Russ brought a game that looks like your baby Mario, and we need your help to figure out what it was. I am positive somebody is going to know. Like we're going to get oh, a tweet. by fifteen minutes after this episode. Exactly, goes, Russ is going to get the tweet. Um, uh, and Hoops brought uh, Mario Paint Nintendo Players Guide. Uh, good luck getting <laughs> any we of tweet, those games. Make sure you tweet that PDF out for people oh, yeah. to peruse. Yeah. That's yeah, are we going to get sued that? for that? Mm, yeah. Guns we'll and Roses might sue us because their entire album is in there. He can sue me, but he can't see the sweet child of mine. 
Mm. Um, Russ brought How To With John Wilson as a recommendation, which is on HBO, HBO Max. I brought Neon Genesis Evangelion, which is on Netflix. Griffin brought Oracle of Ages and Seasons, which is on the Game Boy Color. And Justin brought Keys and Kingdoms, which is uh, on a PC, I guess. That's the best way to play that, right? You could, I mean, you could definitely, no, no, she's playing it on iPad. Um, oh. But you could, you could even, I think you could download it and play without the um, keyboard even. There's an on-screen keyboard, but like, I don't think that would be the best way of doing Interesting. it. Interesting. Uh, next week, y'all, we will be talking about Nobody Saves the World, the latest game from very, very, very long time favorite of the podcast, uh, Drinkbox Studios. I actually think in our first episode, we discussed a Drinkbox game. Coffee. No, no, no. Um, mutant blob from oh, mutant oh, blobs. Wow. It's outer space. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's in our first episode. So uh, this is a nice. It, it, we are almost exactly at ten years from that episode. What kismet right here? Uh, thank you so much for listening to to the show. We hope you enjoyed yourself. We hope you join us again next time for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends get the world's best games? Besties!